athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You've got From the Press Box to Press Row right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a whole lot to get to on today. March Madness is in full effect as conference championships are underway and we've got some games going on right now, some games later on, some finals from today. We'll get to all of that on today's program. A little bit after seven in the east and four out west. Hope you're safe wherever you are. And, you know, so Byron Smith, Byron Smith, the head men's basketball coach at Prairie View A&M, he's going to join us momentarily here on the program. The Panthers going to face Grambling State 930 Eastern in the semifinals of the SWAC tournament. Byron Smith, the head men's basketball coach at Prairie View A&M, going to join us on the program. So Kansas State out because of a positive COVID test. Duke out because of a positive COVID test. Uh, Duke decided to to remove itself from the ACC tournament because of a positive COVID test. And I'm, you know, yesterday, Thursday, I'm just kind of sitting around and press release comes across my phone from the MEAC that North Carolina A&T out of the MEAC tournament because of a positive COVID test. Will Jones, the head coach at A&T, was supposed to join us today on the program. But, man, I feel so bad for that program because that was a program that was primed to win the MEAC tournament. I'm not saying they definitely would have won because it's some tough teams. Morgan's tough and Coppin State is tough. And, you know, Norfolk State's going to give you a run. But I'm going to tell you what, this may have been the year that A&T could have pulled it off and to have not to have the chance to be able to do that is certainly unfortunate for the North Carolina A&T Aggies and uh, so that that's tough but that's where we are in this COVID situation and uh, where we are with respect uh, to COVID and that's it it, you know it's going to knock some teams out positive tests and so wow uh, I I really feel bad for Will Jones and the A&T program but sure they're going to bounce back on next season also joining us today here on the program again Byron Smith in a couple of moments Joining us today on the program, UCLA gymnast Mark Zetta Frazier going to join us on the program. If you remember some weeks back, she did the Janet Jackson routine in gymnastics, actually got a call from Miss Jackson. We're going to talk with Mark Zetta Frazier about all of those things today and more here on the program. Of course, going to run down and talk about the Box to Row National Game of the Week and talk about our box to row national players of the week you can join us on the program here on from the press box to press row here on espnu radio on sirius xm hit me up via twitter at box to row b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w or on facebook b-o-x the number two r-o-w let's continue here on from the press box to press row the swag tournament is going to continue on this evening, as a matter of fact, and we're joined by a gentleman in his sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Prairie View A&M. The Panthers coming off a victory over Mississippi Valley State on Wednesday. Going to take on Grambling, as a matter of fact, on tonight. Byron Smith 
the head coach of PV, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Smith, welcome back to the program. Uh, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Absolutely. Pleasure is ours, and it's always good to have you. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, first of all, the victory in the SWAC tournament on Wednesday, uh, your team's victory over Mississippi Valley State. Um, there was a total team effort. You know, I thought we were really good. Um, you know, on the offensive side and on the defensive side of the ball, rebounded the ball really well. Uh, had balance scoring. Obviously, Jermon Daniels had a big night with 36 points. Um, it's tough to beat a team three times uh, in one season. So we obviously had that in the back of our mind. Mississippi Valley's gotten better as the year has gone on. Um, but, again, I just think it was a total team. Our guys were uh, up for the challenge. And uh, we came out and we performed at a really high level and just really fortunate to be able to get a victory uh, against a team, like I say, that's really improved and, uh, and an up-and-coming team in our league, I think. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about Grambling, who you face in a couple of hours uh, here so uh, the four, now, so with this victory, oh, the victory over Mississippi Valley State, you've now won 14 straight games, which is, which is phenomenal. Can you speak to how well your team is playing? Playing at a pretty high level. Uh, obviously, we started the conference season off winning, uh, you know, games at a pretty uh, you know, high clip. You know, I think we were average, our average margin of victory was anywhere from 15, around 15 to 16. Uh, points a game, but as this as the conference wore on and got later into the conference, uh, you know teams really, you know, I guess they kind of started figuring out, you know, how we want to play, um, and we were getting everyone's best shot. So you know that that fifteen or sixteen point margin dropped to, you know, one night one point, the next another night two points, uh, another night three point victory. So uh, it, it got tougher uh, as as it went on, but I will say from start to finish uh, in our conference season, we've been very consistent. And I think we're playing at a really high level right now. We just want that to continue um, tonight against Grambling. And uh, if we're fortunate enough to pull it out tonight, uh, to, 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 to be playing at a high level in the championship game at 5 p.m. on Saturday. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Jawan Daniels, who is our Box to Row National Player of the Week. He had a really, really good week last week. You mentioned the 36 points. I mean, he, he's been getting it done. Now, I have to go back to my memory bank. Seems like... He's averaging like 14.6 points per game. But during this winning streak, he's at 16.4. His three-point shooting is up. He was 7 of 12 on Wednesday night. Can you speak to high, how or how high a level he is playing currently? Really, really high level. I mean, Juwan is a, a young man that uh, was a part of our program last year, but he ended up taking a red shirt, loaded and crowded at his position. Um but obviously he worked really hard in the off season and went back home to New York and uh, kind of fine-tuned some things and got himself in a good place uh, mentally, came back on a mission. Uh, and from the very first time he took the court, uh, he was a different player, um, a leader, um, and just really, really just taking his game to another level. So uh, if he's dreaming right now, I don't want him to wake up because it's been very beneficial uh, for Prairie View that he's, he's probably playing as well as anyone in the conference right now. Let me ask you this, because, I mean, obviously, I mean, your team wins the uh, conference last year in terms of the regular season, and that's spilling over uh, into this year clearly in terms of your play. Is it extra motivation for your guys because you did not get to finish the season out in terms of being tournament champions? Yeah, I think it's definitely some motivation, extra motivation, as you say there. Uh, that we didn't get a chance to uh, finish it out and see it through last year. So uh, a lot of with a really uh, four, a lot of good solid guys on our team last year didn't get a chance to finish it the way that we wanted to, and they they deserve the right to do that. So in a sense, we're kind of playing, uh, you know, for obviously our current team, but kind of playing for some of our seniors last year who we thought had an excellent chance to uh, be back to back conference tournament champions and didn't get a chance to do that. So there there is some extra motivation that we can maybe get to that, that point again and, and, and this time see it through and finish the job. And, uh, you know, win, win, a, win a conference tournament championship, which is very important to us. Byron Smith, again, is the head men's basketball coach at Prairie View A&M. He joins us here on the program. Can you talk a little bit about the differences or the difference between – I mean, obviously, you, it, the level of competition, you're playing the Louisvilles of the world, um, et cetera. You won a couple of non-conference games – but sort of the difference in terms of the way your team is playing here in this. Well, this is really the third season, but the the second and third season opposed to the first season. Well, to be honest with you, you know, we're not playing much different than how we started off. Um, 
Uh, we've been very consistent, you know, from start to finish. Uh, and I know our first game this year against Arkansas Little Rock, we were one possession away from beating them. Uh, I think we played a really, really solid game against Louisville. They just kind of wore us down in the end. Um, I, I think the one game that we probably weren't as competitive as we needed to be was Washington State. Uh, then we played, obviously, TCU, which was a, a couple possessions away from pulling off the upset. So, to be honest with you, you know, we're playing about as well right now as we have uh, from, start, from the start of the season um, and through, through the conference and now in the postseason. So, it hasn't been a, lot of, hadn't been a major drop-off. We've been very consistent. Um, you know, playing hard, playing smart, uh, playing together, you know, playing each game like it's our last. Uh, it's kind of been the, uh, it's kind of been the, 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 the motto uh, and what we follow. So, I'm, I'm very consistent. You know, I'm very excuse, pleased with our consistency. Uh, of how we've played uh, at a high level uh, since we started this thing in November. There's some interruptions but, uh, with, with COVID, but uh, we, we haven't dropped off very much uh, from start to finish and then how we play. No, I think it's a good point. You mentioned consistency and interruption, and that hasn't been the case. So you've played every game since February 21st, but that wasn't the case early on. So has that cons- being able to play consistently sort of helped you all? Oh, absolutely. I think it, I mean, consistency is the name of the game in life, not only in basketball, but just in whatever you do. I mean, in all walks of life, all phases, uh, be it, you know, in the workplace, <laughs> uh, as, as a parent, as a father, uh, I mean, as a husband, I mean, it's just being consistent. You know, you want to be, you know, you want to be dependable. You want to be, you want to be a part of a, 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 an environment where people can kind of depend on you to come to know what to expect. Um, and, and I think that that's what we are at Prairie View, uh, that people come to expect us to be the hardest playing team on the court every night, which I think that, you know, we, we, we pretty much have covered that, I think. Uh, a team that's going to really defend, uh, a team that's going to be unselfish on offense, a team that's going to really try to go in the rebounding battle. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, 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 we're very consistent, and I just hope that, that we will continue to be that way because consistency uh, wins, wins championships. You know, I mean, that, that's, you know, when you build your culture, and you stick to it, and you're consistent in the things that you do day in and day out, uh, those are the most successful groups. I and mean, that's what we want to be. And that, that, that's, that's what we're up against this year to uh, maintain that consistency through this conference tournament and uh, hopefully get a chance to get into the uh, NCAA tournament uh, and, you know, open a few more eyes, if you will, with our consistency. A <laughs> couple of more thoughts with Prairie View A&M head men's basketball coach Byron Smith, who joins us here in the program, the Panthers, in a couple of hours, less than a couple of hours now, are going to take on Grambling. You beat Grambling during the regular season. Um, talk about some of the challenges that the Tigers present. Uh, well, Coach Team, Dante Jackson is an excellent coach. I think one of the better coaches in the league. Uh, year in and year out, he's got a solid program, does an excellent job in recruiting. Uh, I guess those guys will play hard, and uh, and then they, they really play together. They enjoy playing with, another, with one another. And I think a lot of it has to do with coaching. Uh, leave the mold young men and get them to buy into the same goals. So from that standpoint, he's done an excellent job. He's got an excellent staff. Uh, they just play hard. I and mean, they got athletic guys. Uh, they can obviously shoot, dribble, and pass. Uh, they can get out in transition and they run. We don't have to, you know, obviously get out and stop them in transition. We like to push the basketball. They always chase rebounds. They're a very good offensive rebounding team. And they're a very athletic team. So, uh, you know, we, we, we've got our work cut out for them. And uh, we played them way back at the beginning of, of our conference. I think it was our, maybe our second conference game. Uh, so that was a while ago, and they're a much different basketball team uh, now than they were then. Uh, but it's just a lot of challenges, a lot of, uh, you know, multidimensional guys that can do different things and play inside. And they got really good, good-sized good guards. They like to take you down to the post and post you up. So we're going to have to do our work early defensively, keep them from catching the basketball near the basket. Uh, once again, get back and transition and stop the ball. Don't let them push the ball up our backside and, and, and get transition opportunities. And uh, get out on the three-point shooters because they can really shoot the basketball um, so we got our work cut out for us, but uh, I think we'll be up for the challenge uh, uh, tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity for our program. Byron Smith, the head men's basketball coach at Prairie View A&M, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, giving us a couple of moments before the Panthers matchup against Grambling in the SWAC semifinals tonight. That game is at 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern. Coach Smith, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Panthers. Thank you. Our pleasure uh, for, for having me on. It's a, a good, it a good time. And uh, anytime we can join you, uh, we, we, we look forward to it. You have, you have a great show. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Coach Smith. And the pleasure is all ours. Byron Smith, the head men's basketball coach at Prairie View A&M with a game in a few against Grambling, joining us here on the program. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, we're going to talk 
with UCLA All-American gymnast Mark Zetta Frazier. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here, right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Missed any of our shows? How about our conversations with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment? Check out Box to Row podcast at boxtorow.com or on Apple Podcasts. As we continue here on Box to Row, and I don't know if you saw this going back some three weeks ago, but uh, there was a gymnast from UCLA who uh, did a routine to Janet Jackson and got a lot of praise, a whole lot of praise as a matter of fact. And this young lady is one of the preeminent gymnasts in all of college. As a matter of fact, she's a junior at UCLA, the reigning Pac-12 gymnast of the week. Marzetta Frazier joins us here on Box to Row. Marzetta, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you. I, I want to let's go back, you know, those those three weeks ago or so in the 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 Janet Jackson routine sort of takes uh, through that. Obviously, you received high marks for that performance. Absolutely. I would say that everything from learning the routine to getting the perfect choreography to getting permission to actually use the music from the people that she has the music um, legally handled by. It was definitely a process, but um, the only thing I wanted was for Miss Jackson to see it herself and to like it and the fact that she has gone above and beyond to show me how much she appreciates my efforts really does mean the world to me and it makes everything worth, worth it. Absolutely. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But that that routine should have that like that should have been a perfect score, right? <laughs> I mean, looking at me, asking me, I look for perfection in everything, but I don't think that that was perfect, but I'm definitely going to get a perfect score soon. But I would say that routine still is really good. No, it was really good. So, I mean, that's that's interesting. Uh so what what do you think I mean, what was your critique of it in terms of it not not that it wasn't great because it was, and I know you know it was great, but in terms of it not being a perfect score? Honestly, it just goes down to the gymnastics part. There were some landings that could have been a little cleaner and a little more precise, and that was pretty much it. Maybe one of my splits or my leaps could have been more 180, but besides that, those are just little things that I've been working on every day that are easy to fix yeah so speak to the preparation like how long i mean i knew you had to go through all the legal processes to use the music and all of those things the routine i mean how you know how long was was this a process in terms of performing this routine are we talking about months in the making how long did this uh all before this all came together so typically we get our floor routines in the summer so that we're ready to go in January when season starts. But because I had a terrible, catastrophic ankle injury last year, and I wasn't able to complete floor, to compete floor, um, I had a James Brown Donna Summer themed routine that I was doing because I got hurt mid season and I didn't get to compete it as much. So the plan was to just, in the middle of season when no one's paying attention, just slap down a new floor routine and let people have some fun with what they think about it. And so I would say that the the Janet routine was in the making for about four months 
before we really started acting on it and we really grinded on the choreography and the music and getting everything together and so it was definitely doing a Janet routine is a dream of mine it's a dream of anyone's and that's why you don't see a lot of them because it's just that prestigious to do so I'm very proud and happy about that oh absolutely and to be able to perform it the way that you did to the point that you got a call from Miss Jackson. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Yeah. Like, what in the... I'm, I'm just trying to imagine, because, I like, I, I'll, I'll date myself, but I remember going to her concert back in 2001, which was phenomenal. But, I mean, like, what is that? Like, take us through that. Like, what's that like, receiving a call from Janet Jackson? Definitely still pinching myself. It's been... <laughs> That was really quite a blessing. I can't, I can't think of, I can't think of how many times people have really met their legitimate heroes and icons in life. And the fact that I met her and she spoke to me in a way that was so endearing and personal, and saying that not only do I inspire her, but I brought her to tears. That really. It only felt like a storybook to me. That's something that people write down in their journal before they go to bed as like a dream that they're manifesting to happen. Like, that's not things. That's a fairy tale. It's magical what happened. And I just feel like that was really the universe, God telling me I'm on the right path and to just continue to be myself and to make people smile, not work too hard at it, but just bring joy by doing me. And the fact that Janet, Miss Jackson, I hate calling adults better. Miss <laughs> Jackson reached out to me personally. I cannot express how much gratitude that I feel. It's impossible for me to put it into words. Yeah, no, understood. But I mean, how does that go? Like, are you ju- you're just sort of chilling? Right, and then all of a sudden, what do you? What does your phone buzz in, and all of a sudden she pops up? Like, how does? How did that? How did that work? So I would say when the routine first dropped, um, a few days passed, and I was getting a lot of buzz from Miss Jackson's fan accounts, and they all have the same username. It'll be like Janet Jackson twenty seven, and I got a, and I would get a lot of DMs from them on social media, and so I got another. DM from Janet. It's a Janet Jackson. And I open it, and it's actually her. It was one of the people on her team, and he reached out to me and asked, what was my contact information? I said, here, take, here's my birth certificate. Here's my social security number. Take, Take it all. Take it all. And I was told that I will be, I should be expecting a call from someone on her team in like the next few days whenever I'm free so I gave him my schedule and then I I'm in the hotel room this is like the next week I believe and I'm in the hotel room we're about to compete in Utah and I'm just asleep minding my business my alarm goes off I get up to go grab breakfast from the lobby and as I'm walking to the bathroom to get myself together to brush my teeth to do my hair I get the text, hey, we're about to call you in a minute or so. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. But I don't know who it's going to be. So I throw myself together, and I answer the phone. It was a FaceTime, and I answer the phone, and it was it was her, just all black, um, a mask, sunglasses, a head wrap, head to toe. But I just I knew it was her. That is awesome. That is Mark Zetta Frazier. She's a junior gymnast at UCLA uh, talking about not only her Janet Jackson routine that was nearly flawless, uh, but also the fact that Janet Jackson actually called her. She joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I mean, that is absolutely, uh, absolutely Mark Zetta phenomenal. So uh, how so you're from what, what are you you're from Jersey or, or Pennsylvania You're from the East Coast. <laughs> Right. So how do you how do you end up at UCLA? So I'm from Jersey. Uh, My mom's side is my mom's side is 
born and raised in Philly. So even though I'm from Jersey, I do claim Jersey, but I like I like to claim Philly too, so I sound cool, but I'm not from Philly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what a lot of people in Jersey do, so I don't feel bad. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I committed to UCLA when I was 15, 16 years old with a full scholarship, and I just went on a visit to the school it was actually not one of my options my top option was Alabama my number two was Georgia and I visited Georgia I visited Alabama and I loved Georgia the most I was going to commit there and I don't know why but something pushed me to visit UCLA and I did and I instantly fell in love with it not because of the gymnastics of course gymnastics is my life at the moment But what I have always believed and what I have always kept in mind is that gymnastics, yes, it consumes my entire life right now, but what's most important are the things that I want to do after I graduate and what is going to set me up best for that. And UCLA really did that, and they held my future in their hands with care, which is why I did choose the team. And I would say it was a great decision, and I'm excited to see what the future holds. Yeah, very well said. Again, Mark Zeta Frazier joins us here on the program, junior gymnast at UCLA, the reigning Pac-12 gymnast of the week. So can you speak to the black excellence meet at Oregon State? (laughs) You all uh, won that meet, and you won, your I think, your individual performance, correct? Yes. Um, well, the Black Excellence Meet was months in the making, probably since June. We have been putting this together. And with a lot of conversation, a lot of education, um, back and forth from athlete to coach, you got what you saw. And the final result was the Black Excellence Competition. And everything was so detailed and thorough with the message and what we wanted to get across from from the T-shirts to the leotards to um, the Instagram videos, the Twitter videos that we were posting leading up to the meet because my teammates and I wanted to make it very clear that we are doing this competition not to look good, not to cause buzz, because I think that is just so toxic. I wanted to make sure that when we do this competition, we support black business in the area. We educate on what is right, what is just, and how to combat what is not. And so I really hope that people have that message across the board from whether they're watching on TV or listening in. And I'm just, I'm really proud of what we were able to do. And that was only the first time. And we're only going to get more better, more precise as the years go on. And as far as my gymnastics, that wasn't the most important part of the competition. And I am incredibly proud of myself. That was a great birthday gift for me the day before I turned 21. So I would say definitely on a roll. But I'm more proud of the message that we spread as a team and that we know things are more important than just flips and sparkly leotards. No question about it. We're going to step aside, take a quick break, come back with more of Mark Zetta Frazier, junior gymnast at UCLA, right here on Box to Row. We track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. All right, we're back here on Box to Row. We're talking with Mark Zetta, Frazier, junior gymnast at UCLA. Uh, just uh, if you remember going back some weeks ago, the Janet Jackson routine, if you will, that she had that got a lot of buzz where uh, Miss Jackson ultimately called her as well. And on the other side of the break, Mark Zetta, uh, Mark Zetta obviously we were talking uh, about the black excellence meet. And you mentioned something interesting. I, I You know, was it disappointing to you that this because some of the reasons I mean, it was mostly positive response. Right. But then you're always going to have people on social media talking about, well, when's the white excellence meet and all that kind of stuff. Was it was it disappointing that, you know, the, the sort of the politicalness, if you will, of this? The most disappointing thing is that what we did was political at all. It's really disappointing that racial equality 
is political. And the fact that saying that black lives should matter, we're not saying that black lives should only matter. We're saying that black lives matter too. And to those people saying, well, why not an all lives matter meet? Why not a white excellence meet? Well, for white, for all lives to matter, doesn't that mean that black lives have to also matter? And to a lot of people, they don't, which is why I'm proud of the competition we did. And every day we combat ignorance, but we do that with grace and with poise and without, the best word I can put it is looking messy and wasting our energy on close-minded people who just don't want to care. And I would say, yes, those comments are disappointing, not because the words hurt. Unfortunately, growing up a black woman, I'm used to all kinds of words that are just numb to me at this point. But it's mostly, mostly just feeling sorry for them. And that's all you can do. And not waste your breath, not waste your energy, but to continue uplifting and educating those who have a thirst knowledge and have a thirst to learn on what is right and what is just and what they can do differently to make the world better. Mm. Very well said. Uh, So speak a little bit. I think this was right before the Oregon State, the Black Excellence Meet. um, Mm -hmm. Hashtag representation matters. Um, with right. with the it was, it's four black gymnasts, including yourself, obviously there at UCLA. So uh, speak about that. Of course, representation matters, and it's more than in sports. It's in music. It's on TV. I remember growing up and watching Disney Channel. The only black role models I had were That's the Raven or the Proud Family cartoon, and that was it if anyone remembers those shows. And I remember growing up and watching these other shows like Hannah Montana or this and that and just wondering, why isn't my hair straight like that? Why why don't I look like that? Why, why do my lips seem bigger than theirs? And that's just something when you're surrounded by people who don't look like you. And then you go to a school with people who don't look like you and tell you that you don't look like them. It definitely puts things in your mind that are unhealthy. And growing up and having a supportive family that has helped me see my true beauty that I've always had, it's definitely very lucky. But representation does matter. It matters in sports. And a big person that I would have to thank so much, besides the greats like Betty O'Kino, Dominique Dobbs, there's so many, is I would have to thank um, my one teammate that I had previously. Her name was Elizabeth Price. And in my opinion, she she could have been an Olympic champion, but she was put on the Olympic team as an alternate. But she has done nothing but guide me through life and through my career with grace and honesty and has protected me. So I'm so grateful that I had a teammate like her, another beautiful black queen to train next to. If it wasn't for her, I would not be this far. And shout out to Gabrielle Douglas. Shout out to all the black gymnasts crushing it. My little sister, two-time national team member, taking the world on by storm, your next Olympic champion. Very proud that I'm a part of that process. I'm representing young black women who are changing the world. Mm. Very well said. Well, I mean, now, now, is it Mark Zeta Frazier also the next Olympic champion? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Only time I'm going to the Olympics is to watch my little sister kill it. But I would say that my gymnastics career has been 18 years in the making, and I have a few a few years left, and I'm I am more than proud of myself for getting those out of the way and ending on a great note because honestly I can't even walk down the steps anymore I don't know if I'm gonna be Olympic Olympics ready but when the time comes <laughs> wow is that right okay wow just yeah. so, I guess the, just the time and and all the effort the years you've put on is a lot of wear and tear right oh definitely and when it comes to gymnasts Elite gymnasts usually peak when they're 16, 17 years old, and I just turned 21. So usually what a lot of people don't know is that these girls that you're seeing in the the Olympics are 17, 
16 haven't gone to college yet or they skipped college to go to the Olympics because the Olympic year and the year they went to school were the same. So it's very, very rare in the United States where you would see a college athlete go to the Olympics afterwards. So that's just, I don't know, that's just the way the world works. But I know it's for sure going to change eventually. The sport just keeps evolving and surprising me. Yeah. Wow. So what are you majoring in? I'm majoring in communication. Oh. Communication. Yeah. I should have known. Look at the way you're doing this interview. You handle this interview like a champ. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's instilled in me from long, long car rides with my mom and and her helping me perfect um, how eloquent I speak and how precise I get my points across. So shout out to her. But, yeah, I've always um, had a passion for, for anything from broadcasting, communication, just anything with people involved. Wow. So what are you what are you what are you looking to do? TV? Are you looking to do radio, uh, Internet? What are you what are you ultimately hoping to uh, do once you get that degree from UCLA? Anything. I, <laughs> honestly, I hope that um, a big dream for mine has been TV and whether if that starts off as um, as broadcasting in terms of sports commentating or that moves over to something cool like um good morning america um news type talk but more on the casual side or anything from anything in that spectrum i can't i can't even think i'm a writer too and i'm also a songwriter and i make my own music i would say that the dream the dream dream is to be um a recording artist is to be a a pop star if you will but at this point the craziest things are happening. So I don't know why that can't happen either. Well, it could. could. I mean, you got, you got star power at this point, right? Like you're, I mean, you know, and the thing like UCLA, I mean, USC produces a lot. I mean, what about acting like UCLA, USC produces a lot of, a lot of people in the film industry. Absolutely. And I'm sure that if I were to dedicate, as much time and effort into acting as I did gymnastics going forward, I think I would be an okay actor, a pretty good actor. It's just a matter of really finding those two, not spreading myself too thin. That's what I'm afraid of. But hopefully everything falls into place and I make it happen and I figure it out. But any anything in entertainment, whether it's from the arts or music or um broadcasting tv radio any of it i just i really have a passion for those kinds of things yeah no no question other sports are you interested in other uh, you know other (laughs) other sports unfortunately because gymnastics decided to engulf my entire life taking up one hobby from another hobby the older i got um i do have a love for soccer i used to play soccer when i was younger um, I did a lot of martial arts when I was younger, but I would say that my I'm the oldest I'm the oldest of four, so my three younger siblings they all play soccer. So yes, my one sister is an elite gymnast and a soccer player, very talented. Wow! So they can handle the other sports, but I'll just stick to singing and dancing and getting my degree and getting a good job and getting my place together and learning how to pump gas because. <laughs> I don't know how to pump gas because they do it for you in New Jersey. That's true. <laughs> yes, that is so true. But, but I'm saying, like, so you never drove in Philly? Like, they don't pump gas in Philly for you. Like, you, I mean, you never pumped gas before? Where am I going to go? I don't have a life. I was homeschooled growing up. Where, what am I going to do? I have nowhere to go. I just sit at home and do my work and do gymnastics for the past eight years. That's how it's been. Wow. Well, look, it ain't it, look nothing wrong with that. It has gotten you to the point that it's gotten you to this point, which is uh, phenomenal. You're you're almost through uh, getting that degree, which is absolutely awesome. She is Markzetta Frazier. You can follow her on Instagram at Markzetta and also on Twitter at I am Markzetta. She is Markzetta Frazier. Joins us here on from the press box to press row. Mark Zetta, with all you have going on, 
Really appreciate you taking some time to join us here on the program. Continued success in all you do. Thank you so much for having me. Really, really a blessing to be in your presence. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark Zetta. But really, we are the ones that are blessed and the ones that are blessed to be in your presence. So we appreciate you very much. If you want to react to anything that Mark Zetta Frazier had to say, hit me up via Twitter, Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. Up next, I'm looking at week four in HBCU football. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Donald Ware. Donald Ware. Donald Time Ware. to look at week four of the HBCU football season here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You know, you look at the South Carolina State and Delaware State matchup game going to be played in Orangeburg. Delaware State a couple of weeks ago getting off the season off on the right start with a big win, a nice win against Howard uh, at Delaware State in Dover. And now Delaware State's got to travel to South Carolina State. And w- when you look at the bus ride, that's got to be, uh, well, it's a it's a quite a quite a ride. I, let's just put it like that. I mean, I'm just trying to think maybe 10 hours. You know, if you know, I don't know if Delaware State is flying or busing it or not, but if so, I mean, it's a 10 hour bus ride and um, it, it's it's going to be a good game. I think I think Delaware State's got some confidence. Uh, I think South Carolina State uh, just, you know, I mean, they got they got punished. I mean, Alabama A&M put the work in on South Carolina State. In this game, I think the one good thing, at least for the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs are going to be at home. Um, it was their first, well, it was Alabama A&M's first game of the season as well. But I think South Carolina State has played a little bit more recently. You know, you start the season off. If you're Delaware State, you have a game two weeks ago, and then already, I mean, in a typical, and it's obviously this is not typical, but you play a game, one game, your first game of the season is the first game you played in 15 months, and then you don't play the following week now I don't could be an advantage um, because you get a little bit more time to heal those hits they're going to take a little bit more time to heal now because you hadn't had those kind of hits in such a long time so they may take a little bit more time to heal Uh, perhaps uh, if you're South Carolina State no rest for the weary coming off a loss and you got to turn around and play a game the very next Week And so this should be a good football game, a good, you know, two MEAC opponents going head to head and, you know, just trying to get a season in. I mean, that's in essence what South Carolina State and Delaware State are trying to do. Opposed to having spring practice, you play a spring schedule, which is not sponsored by the MEAC, and you play. And it's going to get you ready for the fall and I think this is good. Obviously, it's good for both. But I like, I mean, I think Delaware State, but I really think this could be the year for Delaware State, you know, particularly coming up in the fall. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I think it's a year where they can kind of turn the corner uh, a little bit. So we'll ultimately have to see how things play out. Grambling and Prairie View A&M going to play in Arlington, Texas, in the State Fair Classic, not your traditional State Fair Classic. You have Prairie View A&M. Coming off a win as as uh, Rod Broadway, the former head football coach at North Carolina A&T Grambling and North Carolina Central used to always say all wins are good wins. And for Prairie View A&M, the win against Texas Southern, no matter how you did it, how you had to come back and do it, it was in fact a good win because at the end of the day, it was a win. 
but Grambling, you know, again, I, I it was a it was a big no. If I want, I don't want to call Jackson State's win against Grambling. I mean, I I guess it it was an upset, and like I said yesterday, I just think that the magnitude of the win by Grambling was huge. I mean, it was a mild upset, if I had to say. I mean, I don't think it was a major upset. I mean, it wasn't like. Jackson State was playing Alcorn State, who had won the championship the previous two years and beat Alcorn, not to take anything away from Grambling, but it was a mild upset. And I think Grambling, the Tigers had an opportunity to win that game, a forced fumble, second and goal from the one thwarted the the Grambling State Tigers' opportunity to win that game. So I think, you know, I think you look at Grambling and that loss, it wasn't like, you know, they had an opportunity to win the game. And so this should be a good one. But Prairie View AM has had Grambling State's number the last couple of years. So we'll see how that plays out. Savannah State and West Alabama going to get together in the Gulf Coast Classic for Savannah State. Going to play two games or at least two games are scheduled so far for the spring. Um, you're talking about a Savannah State team that had a really good 2019 dropping down from FCS back to Division II and the SIAC and really dominated, would have won the conference had had they been eligible for the conference championship. So that should be a good one. Interested to see what Savannah State has, but only two games. Um, You know, they they had a solid recruiting class as well. I mean, obviously those high school guys aren't going to play in this game. They're not eligible to play. But, I mean, I, I don't remember if they had any transfers that may be eligible to play right away, so get those guys ready for the fall. And like all the other teams in spring, see what we have, get us ready for the fall when it really counts. Tennessee State in Eastern Illinois, wow, Tennessee State's got to get one. Like, um, it's just, you know, 0-2 already on the season in OVC play. This is a Sunday game. It's going to be played at Tennessee State. I'm not sure if it's at the on-campus facility at Hale Stadium or at the Nissan Stadium, which the Tigers share. Uh, Notice I said share uh, with the Tennessee Titans. So we'll ultimately see how that plays out. For the Box to Row National Game of the Week, it's Jackson State against Mississippi Valley State. I've been talking about this game, the which should have been the second game for Jackson State and ultimately was postponed because of uh, the COVID protocols for Mississippi Valley State. And that game was supposed to have been played a couple of weeks ago. So for Valley, it's first game of the season. And again, I, I, I not a lot of information out about Valley. So you have to kind of go back and do some research and look at maybe some of the things that uh, Mississippi Valley State was able to do in 2019 it was uh, coach Dancy's for uh, Vincent Dancy's first year there and uh not not the kind of season that he ultimately would have liked but one of the things that the Delta Devils were able to go out and do is uh, get a quarterback in Jelani Eason this is a kid a 5'10 uh 180 pound graduate student He's from Los Angeles. He's a dual threat guy, but he can throw the football like he played at Portland State. Um, you know, in 2019, he played in like three football games. Right. So, you know, just enough to be able to red shirt. And, uh, you know, obviously his, his situation wasn't going the way he wanted it to go for him there at ultimately at Mrs. at uh, Portland, I should say. But when I look at some of the numbers uh, more so in 2018, uh, and by the way, he was he had an injury in 2019 also. But in 2018, in the game against Oregon, completed seven of 14 passes, 111 yards, had two touchdowns in the ball game. His freshman year was 2017, and you know he ended up winning the starting job, and then ultimately uh, the starting he he lost the starting job or whatever it was that happened. Uh, to him at Portland State. And so he's getting a new uh, lease on life, if you will, playing at Mississippi Valley State. I'm just going to be interested to see. And let me talk about the running game. Uh, Caleb Johnson is back, rushed for 469 yards 
on 105 carries and a touchdown, 4.1 yards per carry. Derek Bryant, who was the leading rusher, it averaged uh, it rushed for 700, 676 yards and uh, eight touchdowns, is no longer on the roster, at least for the tentative roster for 2021. But I'm going to be interested to see the weapons uh, that Eason has to throw the football to because uh, there weren't a lot of weapons, quite frankly, in 2019 for Mississippi Valley State. I mean, they they didn't, well, I mean, and it's hard to say if there were weapons or not or if the quarterback play just wasn't up to par. And that may be more of the situation with respect to Mississippi Valley State. I've been touting this Mississippi Valley State defense uh, all, all year and, and really more so Jerry Garner. Like you lose a guy like a Tracy Tompkins who led you with 107 tackles, 12 and a half tackles for loss. I mean, that, that that's a huge loss. Like if you're Mississippi Valley State and you don't have a Tracy Tompkins uh, back there cleaning up, making a bunch of tackles for you, you know, at that linebacker position, I mean, that, 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 that's tough. That's definitely a tough thing. But I think when you have a Jerry Garner who can come off the edge, can put some pressure on Jalen Jones, uh, the quarterback for Jackson State. I think Jalen Jones has had a lot of time. That's the thing. Like Edward Waters didn't get any pressure on him. Grambling didn't have a sack against him, right? He's able to sit back, do his thing, puts up gaudy numbers. You know, what, 12 of 18, I think it was 180 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions in the game. But the question is, will Valley be able to stop that Jackson State running attack? That Jackson State running attack absolutely gashed Grambling on last weekend. Grambling, you know, coming in was supposed to have a pretty good defense. But I think from a passing perspective, if Garner and that defensive line, particularly on the other side of Garner, on the other uh, the other edge, edge rusher, can put some pat uh, some pressure on Jones. You got to make him a little bit more, a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket. He's had it easy, you know, these last couple of weeks then I think Valley can definitely have uh, some success. I think ultimately it's going to be a different season uh, for Valley uh, this year. Uh, but uh, And by the way, the game has been moved to ESPN2 uh, as well for, for that game. So that's going to be more exposure, more eyes uh, on that football game. Um, you know, I, I Jackson State number one with the media right now, right? We know that. Alabama A&M is really good, number one with the coaches. You know, it's hard for me to pick against Jackson State. I picked against Jackson State last week uh, uh, in the loss in their win, I should say, over Grambling. I lost that one, uh, right? So I'm I'm not going to pick against Jackson State for a second straight week. Already has played two football games. Uh, Valley has yet to play a game, uh, and I'm going to go with the Jackson State Tigers in this game. I'm out. Thank you to Mark Zetta, Frazier, Byron Smith for joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. For more information, great content, check out our website, boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. Time for this show to drop the lid. That'll do it for this week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Join us again next week for an in-depth look at historically black college athletics and the biggest news stories of the day.